When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Buffs Insider with Neil Welk at CUBuffs.com. I'm voice of the Buffs, Mark Johnson. Buffalo's football team coming off. What's the best word? You, you and I both use words for a living. What's the best word to describe last week's blown 28-point lead and overtime loss to the Oregon State Beavers? <clears throat> well, you could go with collapse. That, that seemed to be a word that was thrown around a lot. Uh, you know, very disappointing loss. And I'll just I'll just stop right there before right. I go any farther. <laughs> I think that that pretty much says it. That that is uh, goes down during my 15 years here with the Buffaloes is one of the more head scratching losses. Buffs lose in overtime, surrendering a 31 to three second half lead after a 75 yard touchdown to start the third quarter by Trayvon McMillan. Uh, now the question is: As you and I sit here in Tucson, Arizona, getting ready for a ball game tonight, the Buffaloes at five and three. They're two and three in Pac-12 conference play, and this thing went from undefeated and rolling along to all of a sudden being, well, shall we say, a little suspense-filled down the stretch. Yeah, it is. And 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 Mark, the the interesting thing is 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 this team is five and three, like you said, two and three in the Pac-12, but. Tell you what, the Pac-12 South is still there, and this team has to focus on just getting a win. They've lost three in a row, and I think, uh, you know, the the attitude around the team has changed, and this will be very interesting to see how this team reacts uh, tonight, uh, you know, at Arizona Stadium, because this is this is a game they can win, uh, but they have to go out and play really well, and and I want to see 
how these kids react. 41-34 was the final last weekend in overtime. Um, momentum in sports. I, I've been doing this for a long time, just like you have. I'm always amazed by it. At one point, Gary looked over at me during the, the broadcast when the Buffs were still out in front, and he just said, I don't like the feel of what I'm seeing. And you and I have, have had that sense <laughs> where you think, well, there's no way momentum can go back and forth very quickly. There's no way this is going to get away. I'm, I'm always amazed. We saw it a number of years ago in 2010 with the Buffs at Kansas when they blew a 28-point uh, lead. Gary talked about a 27-point lead that he gave up in a game uh, at one point in time. It, it's one of the great mysteries of sports, I guess part of the reason we love sports so much. Yeah, it is, and, and, and what it teaches you, and, and I think it was a, you know incredibly harsh lesson for a lot of the young guys on this team to learn, but it was also a very valuable lesson that momentum is, it does not come with a switch. You know, there's it's it's not a Disneyland ride where you can say, oh, hey, can you turn that back on because we really need to get going again. There is no switch to momentum. You have to build it, you have to hold it, sustain it, and keep it going. And and they let it get away from them last week. There's no doubt about it. And now, you know, I keep on going back to that. But uh, Mark, how they can they can they come out tonight? Uh, start off strong and finish. Mac, uh, Mike McIntyre talks all the time about, you know, start fast, finish strong. They've done that. Uh, a couple different times this year, they need to do it again. They've had good starts over the last, you know, month. They were ahead of USC. They were ahead of Washington. They were ahead of Oregon State, and they didn't finish strong. And so this is what this is what this team has to do is come down here because they know that Arizona's playing well. You know, I, I'm just sitting here thinking as you're talking about that 2016 team and the phenomenal strength and leadership from an upper class group of players, Cepho, uh, Cheeto, Akello, go on down the line, Tedrick Thompson, that wouldn't let that happen. I wonder if this group of young men, and we've talked about this group being energized from the bottom up, it's, it's a youthfully talented team, if that wasn't a great lesson for them to learn, if they're willing to learn from it. Yeah, exactly, and that's, that's what I think uh, – you know, the Nate Landmans and KD Nixons, uh, LaVisca Schnault obviously not playing, but still, you know, uh, part of the team. Mustafa Johnson, a lot of those young guys, that offensive line, Frank Phillip, Colby Purcell, Will Sherman, all those kids on that team uh, go out onto the corners, young guys out there. All those guys, you know, I, I think they learned, a, again, a very – you know, a very harsh lesson. Tad Boyle has a saying, I'd rather learn a lesson from winning. <laughs> they have, they're going to have to learn a lesson from losing that game, and they're going to have to figure out that, hey, you, you cannot let that switch go off. You cannot let that momentum slip away. And I think uh, these young guys, uh, how they respond, they, they, they're going to be the ones that are going to have to lead that. Rick Gamboa has seen this before. You know, Josh Kaiser, uh, Nick Fisher, Evan Worthington, those, the older players on the team have seen the ups and downs. It's the young guys that, that, that saw it slip away. How they react, I think, is what's going to be the difference maker if this team's going to bounce back. Touching a couple of things there, you made reference to the guys in a second. Or that front seven of that defense has played very, very well this season at different times. The back end has had its issues, obviously, and it's been now exposed to the rest of the Pac-12 on top of the fact they've got a number of issues. Evan Worthington been been going through concussion protocol, not expected to play tonight. Um, Chris, Miller. Chris Miller has been out. Uh, you've got a lot of young guys that have been called upon, and everyone has seen it now, and everyone knows that's the soft 
underbelly this this football team. Yeah, and I think what has to happen is is you, that that puts even more pressure on your front seven. They've got to get pressure on the quarterback. I think you saw last week uh, when the Oregon State came in, the, uh, Jake Luton came in, did a lot of three-step drops. They've, Colorado has to figure out how to combat that, get some pressure on on Khalil Tate tonight, knock him off his spot. Number one, they got to stop him from running the ball. Arizona's got a great, uh, a very good running game, and it's not just Khalil Tate. It's actually the other kid, J.J. Taylor, who had 200 yards last week against Oregon. They've got to stop him. They've got to stop the running game. Then they have to make sure that they don't give that quarterback time to throw because Khalil Tate can throw. He had three touchdown passes against Oregon. He's He can throw the ball. So uh, I, I think that that front seven, there's even more pressure on them because Colorado's not going to change the way they're playing defense eight games into the season. Their idea is to stop the run, load up the box, get pressure on the quarterback, put their put their corners out there on an island. Uh, so, you know, when you do that, that that's that's the uh, chance that you take, and, and that just puts more pressure on your front seven to get pressure on the quarterback. How about the offensive line? Last week, for the first time, uh, I think, in the history of CU, they started three true freshmen on that offensive line. Will Sherman at left tackle. Frank Phillip got his first start at right tackle. Colby Purcell has been coming along. Everyone thinks he's got a, an extremely high ceiling, but he's a, he's a young player and, and still has to deal with some of the youthful mistakes. Have they finally settled, do you think, on five? Well, I think you just hit on it right there, you know, Mark. I looked at that. Those five guys played all 75 snaps. First time this year that the, that the same five offensive linemen played all 75 or every snap of the game. And I think they've decided they're going to stick with those guys, you know. And certainly they can bring in some other guys and they may, you know, mix and match here and there. But I think they've decided that at some point in the season, you've got to figure out who your offensive line is going to be, stick with it, and, and try and grow with those guys because you get to a point where, uh, you know, changing that lineup isn't going to help you. I and mean, I think you'll see the same five again tonight, and I think you'll see them stick with those guys for most of the game. No LaVisca Chenault again tonight. Boy, they're hoping, I think, hoping against hope they get him back next week. This team has not been the same. Now, I thought Katie Nixon stepped up, did a fantastic job. 13 receptions, 198 yards last week, couple of touchdowns. He was lamenting all week long the drop in the uh, overtime session that would have pulled him within a PAT of tying that ball game. I think he put a lot of pressure on himself. Love to see the fact he took ownership of that, but he really was fantastic. But they've got to find a way to overcome at least one more week, the fact that LaVisca's not out there. Yeah, that's it. You know, and LaVisca did more than uh, – does more than just offer a great, you know, receiver. Uh, coming out of the Wildcat, I think he'd carried five or six times and converted five or six third and fourth down tries. Uh, gave him a really power option out of the backfield in the Wildcat formation. Uh, they've got to figure out how to – to do that better, and, and it's no it's you know, it's no coincidence that since Lavisca left, they are two of eight on fourth down conversions, and uh, you know they even they have hit him with some short passes, and so they have to figure out how to get past that. Uh, you know, uh, like you said, 13 catches for KD Nixon. Uh, Tony Brown is still out there. Jawan Winfrey is still out there. This is a team that has to figure out how to get by without you know Chenault for at least another week, uh, maybe more. Yeah. Has a toe injury really? totally altered the course of the season <laughs> yeah that's pretty hard it's, it's amazing to think of it that way mark but if you look at it uh yeah you'd like to head lavisca these last two games but you know as you talk to coaches colorado's not the only only team that's had an injury you know colorado played a washington team that did not have miles gaskin usc was playing without their starting quarterback last week and their and their you know their best inside linebacker porter gustin so everybody has to deal with injuries how you deal with that is just part of the equation Here's the part of this that, that's so, I think, hard for Buff Nation out there to accept is the fact that 
the Pac-12 South, and really the league overall, is wide open. If Colorado holds on, does what it's supposed to in a homecoming game at home with a 28-point lead because USC got beat, they're not playing well right now, this bus team, even though they've had their struggles, is still sitting in the driver's seat in the South. That's what's so hard to comprehend about this thing. It is. It is. You know, you're right. They would be. They would be sitting in the driver's seat. But you know what? They still, if they, you know, and I'm not saying they're going to run the table. I'm not going to say say they're going to win tonight. But they still have. They still control a big part of what they do. They still have Utah coming in. Utah has two losses. Colorado has three. They can catch up to Utah. That would put them in a tie with SC and Utah, and then you'd have to figure out all the tiebreakers and things like that. But Instead of talking about who's going to win the Pac-12 South and who's going to do this and who's going to do that, they really need to win a game. They've lost three in a row. They won five. They lost three. This is a team that obviously is riding a roller coaster. They need to reverse the trend and do it really quickly. You know, they're not going to get any better chance than tonight. Arizona's a good team, but Arizona's certainly not unbeatable. This is an Arizona team that lost to UCLA two weeks ago. So this is an Arizona team that can be beaten. They've got to come out and play well. And, 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 and then see where that takes them. But worrying about the big picture has not served them well over the last couple of weeks. They need to worry about what's right in front of them. Well, as fans, that's what we like to do is worry about the big picture, though. <laughs> By the way, the broadcast, speaking of the uh, picture of the broadcast tonight, uh, this one will kick off at about 8.45 Mountain Time. There is a five-minute slide because 8.45 is not nearly late enough. We need to maybe push it back to 8.50. But our coverage gets underway at 6.30. Gary Barnett, Bobby Passavano, yours truly. Neil will be uh, sitting alongside, not talking, but writing about this one tonight on the Colorado Football Network. Let's uh, shift gears real quick. Tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Uh, back in Boulder at the CU Event Center, Tad Boyle about is going uh, to. About the time, yeah, about the time we land, as late as this ball game is, almost. Uh, Tad Boyle and the Buffaloes are going to have an exhibition game against the School of Mines at the CU Event Center. Get on out there, support the basketball team. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by this basketball team he's got this year. I'm really excited to see how what he does with this lineup because he's got so many different pieces, uh, so many different ways he can go. He can still, even without Dallas Walton, he has a chance to go with a pretty big lineup if he wants to. Uh, he can go with a three guard lineup. He can go with a combination there's a lot of different things there's a lot of great pieces to this and this is going to be a team that's going to be a lot of fun to watch develop mark I mean this is this this team has a lot of fun young players uh, it's also a team that could be very good if, if everything sticks together I know Ted was not happy with the, their last scrimmage but uh, that's just coach speak this time of the year. I've never seen I've never seen Tad at this point of the year go, hey, yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, he's like every other coach in the nation. Oh my God, we're not going to be any good. So uh, this is going to be a fun bunch to watch. I'll, I'll say this too, and, and here we're sitting here talking about football and, and the, a player that a t- the team could not lose in Lavisca Chenault, who's been out. Don't say that. Uh, McKinley Wright, and, and I'm not going to say anything about injuries or anything like that. What I'm saying about his that guy is the most important cog in this team because of the leadership, what he brings, how he delivers the ball, how he orchestrates the offense. That guy, if you want to talk about a guy that's important to a team, the Buffs could afford to to have uh, have a guy miss a game or two here or there. Any other spot on that team with the exception of that one guy, that guy is worth the price of admission to come out and watch. Oh, he is. He's going to be, you know, and it was funny because you, you were standing there. I think we were talking to uh, Shane Gatling a couple weeks ago on Media Day and was asking him about the team. And, and uh, he said, there are two guys on this team. He says, you know, Evan Batty's the godfather. 
and who has yet to play a game, he called Evan Batty the Godfather, and he said, you know, McKinley writes, McKinley writes the chief. Yeah. McKinley Wright runs the show. He says, whatever McKinley says, we do. Uh, we all look to him for leadership, guidance out on the floor, and he calls the shots. And so it's really interesting, two very young guys are, are the, uh, the, the elder statesmen, so to speak, of this team, and, and they're the leaders, and those are two guys that are going to be fun to watch. If I can quote the great Reggie Jackson, uh, McKinley Wright is the stir that's uh, the straw that stirs the drink. That's right. <laughs> I think for the, the Colorado basketball team. Again, that tip-off uh, between Colorado and Mines exhibition game back at the CU Event Center tomorrow at 4 o'clock, uh, once again back in Boulder. Don't forget, tonight, college football. Buffalo is looking to get back in the win column. 8.45 will kick it off. 6.30 the pregame. And make sure you check out all of Neil's stuff postgame at cubuffs.com. For Neil Welk at cubuffs.com, I'm voice of the boss, Mark Johnson. Thanks for joining us as we're in Tucson, getting ready for football tonight on the Buffs Insider.